It's time for the Word of God. And while you're rejoicing here, and while you're dancing in the Spirit, there are things happening. Things that you don't see. Things that you have not seen. But to the men that are in tune with God, it does not escape. I hide in our mind when we look at it. Last evening while so many were receiving the Holy Ghost here, And while they were rejoicing in the Lord, there were some here untouched, unmoved by the Spirit of the Lord. And that's what we're looking for tonight. He didn't come to the ninety and nine. He left them and went out and looked for that one that was lost. I could very easily turn all of this over to you and just let you run, let you dance, let you shout, let you speak in tongues, let you go. But while you're dancing here, there's some that's picnicking at the mouth of hell, lost, 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 lost. And I don't believe that God intended for you to shout all the time and shout while your neighbor's going to hell. And so I'm asking you to give ear to the word of the Lord tonight. I believe that the presence of God is prevalent and strong. And I don't feel that we're going to yield to the spirit that would like to damage what's going on here tonight. There is no way that you're going to take over the service. We're going to handle it from right here. God's going to see us through it. And uh, we're going to have a time. We're going to take a journey through the word of the Lord tonight. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. There are times that it's a joy to preach. There are other times that you would rather not do it because you know when you're through, you've severed somebody's connection with God. Don't underestimate what goes on inside the house of God. There are things that you can do out yonder that you dare not do here. It does make a difference. And with a solemnity in my heart, the burden of my soul that weighed so heavily upon me last night, I come to you with a reading of God's Word. And if you don't hear anything else I preach, hear this tonight. And I'm asking all of our guests, everybody would you stand with me for the reading of God's Word? 
of Ezekiel chapter 8. I want to begin reading at verse 16. I'll read down through verse 18. Then I shall go into Ezekiel chapter 9 and read verses 3 to 6. Notice the reading of the word of the Lord. into the intercourt of the Lord's house. Everybody say the Lord's house. That's where you are tonight. This is the Lord's house. And he brought me into the intercourt of the Lord's house. And behold, at the door of the temple of the Lord, between the porch and the altar. He even specifically located where it was happening. I wonder where it's going to happen in this place tonight. Between the porch and the altar were about five and twenty men with their backs toward the temple of the Lord and their faces upward toward the east. And they worshiped the sun toward the east. You young ladies, listen to Brother Foss right here. This is God's word. he unto me hast thou seen this between the porch and the altar O son of man is it a light thing to the house of God or the house of Judah that they commit an abominations which they commit here for they have filled the land with violence and have returned to provoke me to anger. And lo, they put the branch to their nose. And therefore, I will also deal in fury. Mine eyes shall not spare, neither will I have pity. Though they cry in my ear, with a loud voice, yet will I not hear them. Verse 3, chapter 9. And the glory of the Lord, or the glory of God of Israel, was gone up from the cherub, whereupon he was, to the threshold of the house. And he called to the man clothed with fine linen, which had a writer's inkhorn by his side. Now he's talking to a man that had an instrument filled with ink that was by his side. An angel, if you please. A writer's inkhorn. And the Lord said unto him, Go through the midst of the city, through the midst of Jerusalem, and set a 
a mark upon the foreheads of the men that sigh and that cry for all the abominations that be done in the midst thereof. And go unto the others. He said in my hearing, Go ye after him through the city. Five other angels go. Follow him through the city and smite and let not your eyes spare, neither have ye any pity. Slay utterly, old, young, both maids and little children and women. But come not near any man upon whom is the mark. Don't come near. Don't come close to the man that the angel with the ink horn has marked. They began at the old men, ancient men, which were before them. And I want to stop reading right there. And taking our subject tonight from the house of God between the porch and the altar. A man standing with an ink horn and God telling him to go and look for men that cry and men whose shoulders sag beneath the burden. They're sighing. Put a mark on them and let that mark be. And I want to use for a subject tonight, marked to die. marked to die. Somewhere between the porch and the altar. Our God, you showed me the picture last night. I walked down these aisles tonight and saw it again while this group was rejoicing. And God, I ask you now, whatever you can do with a vessel, please do it tonight. God, let me reach into the heart of that one that says that you don't hear and you're gone from the earth and you cannot see let me touch them, I pray, this one more time. I ask it in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. You may be seated. Concerned men Has it ever occurred to you that 
like you men are really concerned anymore? really care? There is something so different about a concerned man. A man can step to a pulpit to preach. And it don't take long for you to know whether he really has a burden or whether it's just another sermon. Every man that God has blessed with ability knows how to come to a pulpit and get you out of those seats and get you in the aisle. But when the dust is settled, and it's all over with. What have you done? God help us to get away from trying to be pleasers of men. That we could stand and preach with altars empty but yet people dancing and shouting. God help us to come to grips with the ultimate thing that God wants in this world and that's to reach the lost. Our camp meetings and I respect our district board and I respect our superintendent, the greatest man in the world. But my heart burst within me. Give us this year a revival in camp meeting where men find God real. You don't have to preach to me. You don't have to worry about some of us and what these preachers think over here. Oh, that God would give a man a burden that had reached that one sitting out there that's lost, 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 lost. Because you see, there's something about concerned men and they could care less what you think about what they're preaching. Concerned men. God took the Son of Man along with the angel of the Lord. And said, I want to show you something in my house. I want you to look. I wonder, Brother Fleetwood, Brother Jones, Brother Johnson, Brother Meyer, I wonder what the Lord would show you if he carried you on a tour of this auditorium tonight. Hear me carefully. I doubt that he would even stop where you was dancing and you was running. Honey, you don't fool anybody. Hear what I'm telling you? It 
Anybody can run. Anybody can dance. Anybody can shout. You're not fooling anybody. You can turn somersets, do backflips, do cartwheels, jump the altars, do what you want to. But when it all clears away, Oh, come on, I'm going to preach to you tonight. I feel that the Holy Ghost has come into this place to bring a move of God that's deeper than just the outer skin, that's deeper than just the veneer, it's deeper than just what men can look at. But God has come tonight to shake somebody and shake them like they've never been shook before. Concerned men, concerned men, concerned men. You walk into a church, you look at the man that shouts the most. Concerned? Not all time. Not all time. Honey, I got some folks just like you here. They sitting on ready. I want them there. There's times that I need that. But honey, that don't mean that they're the ones that's got the burden of this thing on their back and it's on their shoulders and they're the ones that's concerned. When God walked into the church, He said, I want to show you something, son. It's strange the way God moves. And the way that God touches people. There was a time in his house that a burden bearer was out of place, but one came and bowed their knee at an altar, and she knelt there. And as she knelt, her soul began to burst within her. And she wept and she cried and she begged and she pled. And she got to the place that the man walked up to her and said, You're drunk. She no doubt staggered around and she staggered around. And the priest walked up to her and said, You're drunk. Why don't you go home and come back when you're sober? You see, it's not always what you think that's concerned and what it is and when that woman looked at that priest and that man because of evil sons and because of what was going on in the background he stopped and failed to understand that old Hannah had got a hold of God hallelujah hallelujah and she looked at him and said I am not drunk like you think I am but I've just got through pouring out my soul to the Lord brother Jones I heard you yesterday I heard you this morning it's not the dust coming from the carpet that God's interested in. If this church don't get a baptism of prayer, if it don't get a baptism of burden bearing, if it don't get a baptism of concerned men, this church is going to lose everything that God has brought to her.
Eli, if you don't understand, I'll tell you, I'm barren. I'm barren. I don't have any children. I'm barren. And I've just got a hold of God. And I've just told Him, either you give me a child or I want to die. Oh, that God would let this youth camp come to that place. That when God walks in, He says, I want to show you something. I got somebody here that's ready to lay their heart down and say, I'll die if I don't see a revival. Baron, I wonder how many of our churches could scream that prayer tonight. And we preachers with everything we want, fat pocket books and big cars, fine homes and big churches, and we go to the pulpit with a sigh in our hearts saying, I'll be glad when this service is over. I wish I didn't have to preach tonight. I'll just reach back and get something that don't mean anything. Oh, that God would shake us and let us know that we're preaching a dying man and we're preaching to dying men. He said, come here, son of man. I want to show you something. He carried him in. He said, I want you to look between the porch and the altar. You know, the church is a special place. Now, get a hold of yourself. I'm going to tell you things tonight that you could ridicule me about. You could talk about me, but honey... I'm big enough to take it. Don't you worry about it. You're not going to sink this ship I'm on. Because I got a captain that knows where he's going. And there's no way that you're going to torpedo this boat. Hallelujah! The church. Brother, it's a great place when service is going on. But it's something else when there ain't nobody there. And you're there by yourself. You see, there's been many times that I've been praying in that old church. Nobody there and in the wee hours of the morning. I've heard the door open and footsteps come walking down the aisle of that church. And the longer I knelt there, I don't know how I was feeling, but the longer I stayed, something began to happen to me. I stood it just as long as I could stand it, and I stayed quiet as long as I could. And you can call it whistling in the dark. You can call it doing what you want to, but I couldn't stand it. I stood up and said, Hallelujah! Honey, I don't know where the footsteps went. Huh? I don't know where that funny feeling went. But when I began to call on that name, ha, when I started calling on that name, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. You see, you don't do things in church that you do out on the street. There's something different about it. 
Oh, it's just as bad. You curse, curse anywhere, but you don't do it in the house of God. Uh-uh. The rankest, old, stinking, dirty, low-down, stained-fingered uh, sinner on the street comes in. He flips his cigarette out before he walks in the door of the church. Oh, yeah. They don't come to church half-dressed and they can walk down the street naked. You say, Brother Frost, why? It's because that church, in that house, there is something different. But oh, when God walks into his church and he took that prophet that day and said, Son of man, come here, I want to show you something. There's something I want you to see. Now, honey, don't get in no hurry. I've waited about 36 hours to get to preach. You didn't let me preach last night. And I thought about writing a request and putting it on the pulpit. Please have Brother Foss preach. God, I'll go in with you. And I want you to show me. And he said, all right, let's go in between the porch and the altar. Walked in and there was 25 men with their backs toward the east. What does that tell you? He said, when you pray, don't turn your back to the east. But you look to the east and you pray toward that temple. There they were worshiping the sun that God created. And he told them when you come to thinking and you get in the chambers of your imagery, don't you dare make a God under anything like unto the things of the earth. Don't you dare do it. But they was worshiping the sun and they said, God can't see. He's gone. And He can't hear. There's some of you fellas and you girls that sit right back in this area last night. You purely spit in the face of God. You better hope the Holy Ghost is not doing what I feel like it's going to do tonight. There's some things going to happen. God's going to walk into this place and He's going to tell you, I want to show you something that's going on in here. I want to show you what's happening here. I want to show you what's going on here. Oh, listen to me, sir. You can do it anywhere else, but don't do it in the house of God. What do you see? Abomination. He said, can you believe that they would do this? Can you believe that they would do what's happening? Honey, I couldn't believe last night with the charge of the Holy Ghost and it looked like around every lamp was a mist of the Spirit of God. It looked like when you looked at it you could see a glow and a blue mist hovering over this audience. Oh, and some of you sit there as hard, as naked, as blind as you could be and left here. But it's altogether different tonight. God has come into this place. But he walked in. He said, look at it. 
And he said, Son of man, I want you to look what's with me. And he said, I looked and there stood by the Lord. A man, an angel, with a rider's acorn by his side. And the Lord said, I want you to go down between the porch and the altar. I want you to find the man, the woman that's weeping. Find the ones that's crying. Find the ones that shine. Put a mark on them. God, why do you want to put a mark on them? Why should I mark anybody? Oh, honey, when the Holy Ghost walked into this place and started marking people that was concerned, he started touching people that needed to be touched. He started putting his hand on some that needed his hand laid on them. You say, Brother Foss, what are you trying to tell me? I'm trying to tell you that when the Holy Ghost moved in and he told him, said, put a mark on them, the next thing... Oh, God, if you could see what's going on tonight, you would be standing up. God, mark me. Rex Johnson, you'd be up trying to attract the attention of God. God, put a mark on me. Because the next thing, he said, Angel, I want you to go out there and everybody that don't have a mark, I want you to kill them. Who is it tonight? The Holy Ghost is walking by and he's marking. You've been in this youth camp. This is the third night. We've only two nights to go. You've been a messing around. You haven't been praying. You've sat back here and spit at God. And God has walked by and put a mark on the one that sits next to you. The next thing that happens is the angel of God comes by and begins to part. Put a thing on you that'll cause you never, 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 never to get close to the Lord again. I know you don't believe me. You don't believe it can happen. Sister Heaven made me call. Stand up. Right over here. She didn't know I was going to do this. I want you to look at her. Sister Nettie Wiggins, stand up. There's another one standing out there. Patsy Wiggins, stand up. There's another one. Brother Leonard, stand up quick. You see, I know what I'm talking about. Last night, last evening, Sister Rachel was here. I wish that Sister West was under this You from Bethel Tabernacle, did it happen? Say amen. amen. Honey, it happened just as sure as this world. I stopped preaching and told my church. I said, church, I've just seen the hand of death, the angel of death walk into this church. And I walked back. I put my hand. I said, he stopped right here. And he stopped right there in the middle of that aisle. Just a few minutes that angel disappeared. I didn't know where he went. But friend, let me tell you, it wasn't many days Brother Jack McCoy left this world. 
sitting right at the seat where the angel stopped. My brother-in-law just across the aisle, a perfectly well man, said he needed surgery. There sits a man across over yonder that had the same thing that's preaching the gospel today. The doctor said, no worry. There's nothing in the world but, honey, what they didn't understand. The death angel had come and let that vapor settle over that man. And out of this world, I remember very carefully, when I walked back to the hospital, they said, Elder Faust, over the intercom, you're needed in the consultation room. I knew what it was. The minute I walked into the room, I walked in. My sister grabbed me by the lapels of my coat. Brother Jack, she looked at me and said, My God, Arlen, do something. But honey, I knew that that death angel had stopped and it had stopped right in the middle of some of the greatest people in our church. It wasn't long that Brother West left here. It wasn't long that the Dahl Wiggins was gone. It wasn't long until we saw Sister Floyd Wisher one day standing there and fell in front of her stove. Oh, it put me on my face, Brother Jones. I said, God! Honey, I'm telling you tonight, I feel that same spirit walking into this place. The angel with an acorn is coming down these aisles. He's coming down this place. You better hope and pray to God that somehow you can step out there and say, God, put a mark, put a mark, put a mark. Put a mark. Put a mark on me. Oh, God. Oh, God. Put a mark on me. Marked. 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 But I'm telling you, honey, there's some of you that say, Go ahead, walk out, son. Walk out. But you're walking out into the face of a raging God. He said, Don't worry. Not yet. Don't come to the altar yet. I'm not through with you. I've got to empty my heart tonight. This thing's tearing me apart. It's tearing me apart. I want to tell you, I'm not through with this message yet. But let me tell you, 12 years ago, this very night, in a senior youth camp, that same angel came in like he's coming in tonight. choir that night they didn't make him stand up there but he stood right here they had one light on that light was shining here that big old ball was standing there singing lead that night 
Brother David Meyer, I'll never forget the song. He sang, I will soon be crossing death's chilly waters. No more this life I'll see. Brother Johnson, I watched that boy that night when he took off his robe. They had him with a white robe on. Took that robe in his hands. Wasn't through singing. Brother Mole Ewan stood right there. He slung that robe over his shoulders. He walked down these steps. I don't know where he went. I don't know what happened to him. But I thought my heart would burst within me. The altar call was given. Softball! I couldn't find him. I went back under the choir loft. I went all back in the back. Finally, one of his buddies come and found me. He said, come quick. I found him. Where? They led me over there to that corner. When I stopped right here, I saw that big old boy with his hands in, his air, in the air. And in just a few minutes, God baptized him with the Holy Ghost. Three other boys in that same camp didn't receive the Holy Ghost. Nine weeks later to the day 12.30 at night Brother David Meyer talked to him that night. That night my phone rang at home. My oldest boy. And I heard the short wave of a police radio. And I heard the voice on the other end of the line ask me, You got a boy named Daryl? Yeah. I stood up in bed, Brother Jack. A chill went over me. The last words were where? Here's the act. Well, sir. I just called to tell you he's been killed in a car wreck. Brother Fleetwood, I know that they're building a new tabernacle. I don't know what it's going to be like, but honey, I owe something to that altar bench over there.
Whatever they do, don't let them tear it up. I'll buy it. I'll do anything, but don't let them do it. Because that was a gateway to heaven for a little boy that I love so much. But somehow that night, that night, that night, Sister Mott, he stood up and said, God, put a mark on me. the altar. I want you men to follow them. Walk right behind them. Brother Dave, you start down this aisle over here. Brother Hawk, Sister Mike, right down this aisle. You brethren, go down the next aisle. Some of you come down this aisle. I'm going to show you, son of man. I want you to see what's going on between the porch and the altar. I want you to see what's happening out there. Come on, brethren, come on.
take you away. If you want God to touch you tonight, look at it, son of man. Stay there, brethren. Stay there. Don't you leave. Why is it coming in the back door? Why is it coming under the tabernacle that I suddenly feel? Is it that death angel that's walked in with an acorn in his hand? Alright, brethren. Now look. I'm touched. Unmoved. Untouched. Unshaken. Look, look. What's happening between the porch and my altar? Right now, for oh, it's Jesus. 